Hey there, I'm Josh. And I'm Jade. And on this episode of Our Taste is Trash, we review the historical fantasy film, Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter, discuss the new copyright laws around AI, and talk the return of Solar Opposites. So remember to rate, review, and follow wherever you listen. Stick around. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome into another episode of Our Taste is Trash. I'm Josh. And I'm Jade. And Jade, some exciting news this week. Yeah. I don't know if it's that exciting. It's interesting. (laughs) So, as we know, the... Writers and actors still on strike, which is kind of crazy because we were definitely over 100 days with the writers. I don't know how many days with the actors, but it's been several months. But an interesting ruling just came out mm-hmm. about one of the sticking points of both contracts, which is over AI. Yes, that's right. Interesting ruling coming out of all the places, I believe Nebraska, if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> in a federal court, they ruled that art created entirely by AI is not subject to copyright law. Yes. I believe it's like any works created by AI. So like essentially what this means is if AI, like anything produced by AI cannot be copyrighted, that means if if you're a film, you know, production company and you were trying to sell a script that is written by AI, if you're creating AI produced like Art, like as we see in the intro to Secret Invasion, it is not protected under copyright, so people can make derivative works of it or can literally just outright steal it and use it. And you can't do anything about it because technically you don't even own that art. So like if let's say we are doing this now, the artwork in Secret Invasion, I could put that on a water bottle and I could sell it. And Disney couldn't do anything about it because they don't own the copyright to it. The copy, It cannot be copyrighted. Which is, you know, I think kind of interesting because obviously, you know, the argument here being made in the lawsuit was that the AI was part of the artist's toolkit and part of the creative process that they were using. So I think, one, I think that this is probably going to be something we're going to see several lawsuits on because as AI becomes... coming. Yeah. yeah. It's going to become more and great. I feel like, you know, not that I, I know, I'm, I'm going to just make something up here with uh, no evidence, but, you know, I have to feel like this is kind of like when, you know, computers were being used as part of the creative process because, you know, think about animation, mm-hmm. you know, as an art form, you know, back in the day, it would be you and a pad of paper creating art and now... You know, I'd say a good 80% of what's being made out there in animation is being done on a computer. Yeah. But you wouldn't argue that. But the computer doesn't own your art. True. You, only people can own something, right? So I think this falls in line with like, is AI produced work the owner of the person who inputted it? Or is it up to the public domain? And that's what they're saying is you as the person, you did not actually create it. The artificial intelligence created it because they're not human and only humans can lay claim to copyright to works of art. Therefore, that work produced by the AI cannot be copyrighted. And I can see further arguments, you know, coming about because obviously this is, they're trying to make that distinction of if it's entirely AI, it's Mm -hmm. not copyrightable. But like- To me, that starts to call into question, though, a lot of things. You know, think about, you know, now, for example, you know, Adobe is a good, you know, Adobe products mm-hmm. are a good example of this. Now you they have the technology where you can, you know, just take a photo of, you know, maybe a close-up of a location that mm-hmm. you're at, and you can add more and more background. that is not the same thing. But. So, no, don't butt me. Here, here I'll butt you. I'll butt you because I have, I have an argument because for you. Because you're wrong. <laughs> okay, go ahead. So, but go ahead. I mean, so let's, let's just take this out. Would I then say you had this photo, You everything around, let's say, you know, just the center of the photo mm-hmm. is yours that you created. Everything around it is AI created. Could I cut out the middle of your photo, put my own photo in there and use everything around because that portion was created by AI and not necessarily you. Possibly because there, if 
copyright law already states that something has to be manipulated to a certain degree and that's written in law. I don't know the specifics of how much has to be manipulated, but essentially currently if I were to take something that is copywritten and I change it up to a certain amount, therefore it no longer falls under that person's copyright and I can change it. So the same would apply for artificially intelligent works of art as well. So if I take what the AI produced and I manipulate it to the same amount of degrees, then I could personally copyright it. You know, you know there's a flip side to this argument as well. Well, that, and not only that, sorry, I'm gonna go back to your, okay, go ahead, just go ahead. so you know, like yeah. when you use AI in a work of art, but the entire work of art is not produced by AI, it still falls under copyright because the entirety of it, it it's a, it's, again, it's a percentage. So like that'd be the same thing as people who do collage, right? So. Sure. If I'm someone who creates collage as an art form, I don't own the rights to the images that I'm producing, but when I put them all together, I create an entirely new piece of art, and therefore that art is now mine. That's kind of a found footage argument. You know, like, yes. if you've seen found footage, that's very popular in, you mm-hmm. know, like, artistic circles in film. Yeah. You know, none of the images that you are using are yours, but when you put them together into a different story, that work of art itself. It's kind of like when you, and I can understand that argument, you know, it's kind of when you take, for example, a classical piece of music. You know, Mm -hmm. no classical pieces are actually copyrighted anymore, but when you record them with your own instruments, that recording is now copyright. And I've had, you know the arguments I've had to have with people on that? Because people have (laughs) sent me a recording and they're like, we can use this in our, you know, stuff that we're going to put on social media in (laughs) paid ads. And I'm like, you need to own a copyright for this or you need to have permission they're like yeah. no no it's copy it, it's it, there's no copyright i'm like you are half correct but you are absolutely wrong and right. let me explain to you why yes <laughs> you, you know what's interesting to me though about the whole ai <laughs> argument is that how is ai itself mm-hmm. not a copyright infringement and, and and hear me out here every the only way that ai is able to produce art itself is because it's analyzed other mm-hmm. works of art that are created by humans that are all subject to copyright. Mm-hmm. So how is the art that it is creating not subject to copyright? So, because, I mean, for let's just take, like, I think a good example of this is Secret Invasion, right? right. All of those images are AI created, mm-hmm. but it's all based on copyrighted material that... Yes it's being generated from. So if you think of it this way, essentially there are AI like that is an amalgamation of things that they have found on the internet. So it's possible that when you produce something through AI, it can be wholly unique because it's taken so many parts from so many different things. And that still falls under the same law of it is removed enough from the original product. Now, depending if AI produces something and it's taking about more than 50% or, you know, whatever, um, of someone else's work, then that could be copyright. Like that, someone could come back and say, hey, actually that piece of AI art that you produced took the vast majority of it yep. from my artwork. But if it's a true amalgamation, then it is original art. You just cannot protect it. And I think that's where you're going to see more lawsuits because you know for example mm-hmm. if i ask someone an ai to you know create a painting but you know copy the stylistic you know art of like van gogh that's not, that's a copyright you know no, like it's not. I mean, i'm just saying like it, so this is this is where it gets tricky so here's the thing like if it really depends so if we're talking like let's say we want to go back to secret invasion and we say okay they did ai work of secret invasion right well Disney did that, but they own those images. So the only way it could pull those images is through what Disney has already created. So they already have an actual movie poster image of Samuel Jackson that they photographed and edited. So now that's in the system so that the AI can now pull from that. So that is, you're probably, they have to prompt it so specific to get that image right that you have to say, Samuel Jackson, Nick Fury in Secret Invasion, right? And you have to prompt sure. all of those things to get it there. So at this point, you're pushing your AI to specifically copyright something. If I wanted to get like maybe like a fucked up Mickey Mouse, I'd have to specifically say <laughs> something like that. I have to put in something like Mickey Mouse. So at this point, it's like I know it's pulling copyrighted work or like I'm getting it to the place where it's pulling copyrighted work once you get that specific. But if I'm saying, you know, design me a modern house in the sims 4 well that's you know it's just gonna do an amalgamation of things that it's seen on throughout the entirety of the internet of what people have you know done screenshots of of like the houses they've made in the sims 4 which is not copyright at all but 
just that it's that's that idea of like again it's this laws are there's already precedent for it in current copyright law all they're saying is that ai will no longer fall under that like that copyright so like if it is literally if i type in a prompt that's like painting of a sheep and it gives me a painting of the sheep and i don't touch it or manipulate it and i just sell that on ebay i or like not ebay but like on whatever site right like as like a printed painting on etsy um i can't I can't like take away from someone else that they take that image and they go, I want to sell it on, on you know pillowcases now. And I can't be like, <laughs> you can't do that. That's my image. But you put it on pillowcases, so no. now is it different? No, because it's the image. It's not the product. Yeah. Images yeah. are separate. So, and this is what I do for work. Like I have to deal with this all the time. Like I design branding, so we obviously have to make sure that all of our stuff falls within, you know, those let me, guidelines. Let me, let me so, ask you this: If you do an yeah. AI-generated picture of a sheep. And sew it onto a pillowcase that you created. Is it now yours to copyright? The image itself, no, but the, the end pillowcase product. design. Yes, exactly. So no one could create a pillow exactly like that. See, I think I think this I think I think there, this calls into but that's, more questions. That goes the same thing. So it's like if I let's say if I bought a license, right, to put you know Captain America shield on like a water bottle, like a sticker, right? So I pay Disney and I say. I want to use this image of Captain America Shield to profit. And they say, okay, great. They take a percentage. I have that's licensed, whatever. And then I put that on a sticker. And then someone, you know, base or like or not even a sticker, but like let's say I engrave it in this beautiful box, right? And it's this handmade box, and I have Captain America Shield on there. If someone else came along and they also licensed Captain America Shield, but then they create the exact same box as me, then that could be copyright. So you're like, well. You're creating the exact same like style product. Like I handmade this box with these specific things because it's again it's unique to you. But if you're creating like a sticker and I'm creating a sticker, that's not unique. You didn't change any. Like you know what I mean? We're getting very granular in this in this yeah. episode. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's a good thing at least for the immediacy because you have writers and actors who are very concerned about this issue. And with this current ruling, it seems to throw a lot of AI created art into this you know, kind of gray area where is it yeah. copyright, is it not? So I think that's a benefit to them, at least at this time, until oh, there's more rules. 100%, yeah. because remember the thing that they were talking about doing is literally like turning people into like little AI-generated yes. background. Yep. And now they can't do that because then literally I could steal entire snippets of scenes from their film of background actors because they're AI, and I could use that. Exactly. Well, Jade, you know, I thought we could do since, uh, you know, we're probably getting to a point where films are going to be, well, we know they're already being pushed back. There are still some exciting films coming out for the remainder of the year. And actually, I just kind of wanted to go over some that we think are going to be good and maybe a couple we think are probably going to fucking suck. <laughs> I'm going to start off with something I just saw because I went to see uh, Gran Turismo, yes. which is uh, actually not bad. Not, like, not It's not great, but it's not terrible uh, i thought it was dragged a little bit for a racing movie but it was still uh, entertaining <laughs> but i did see some interesting trailers and i didn't realize that dakota fanning and denzel washington are going to be in a new movie oh not a new movie a continuation of a series the equalizer three is coming out jade oh yeah i've known about this i it's terrible yeah i, I was like oh really like denzel like I get it, but you're falling into the category of the Harrison Fords. You're an old man. Like, can we... Well, they also have an Equalizer television show starring Queen Latifah. What? Yes. What, what is this? I. It's on CBS. I mean, I feel like this, <laughs> I feel like this is just a uh, kind of a almost a, a sequel to Men on Fire from like 2005. Because we have Dakota Fanning again. We have Denzel Washington and he's just going to kill people. The whole movie. Yeah. I mean, there's probably going to be no real plot to this. This is just like what we've been seeing recently with like old action star comes back for like 17th what? iteration of the same film. what is it with ger geriatric fucking action stars like i think they like get well and then it's crazy because denzel washington i wouldn't necessarily say is actually like, he does a lot of action but like it's a fair amount it's weird though because i feel like they, maybe they just get to this point where like maybe they're not getting the same roles that they used to but it's only men like and, and like as, as a man like there are actions like what is the average age of an action star now in hollywood it's got to be 50 plus right I mean, they, like even Jason Statham is still doing stuff. He's got to be in his fifties. Oh, hold on. I mean, but he's still. I we mean, have to exclude him. Yeah, I'm sorry. That, that's fine. 
but, but I mean, I'm, honestly, you saw Tom Cruise no, he, fucking running around jumping off of airplanes. Ugh, like, I can't. You know? I can't. Like, we don't have anyone that's 20 plus that can do fucking action star, like, movies? They can't, but they don't want to. I because guess. that's the thing is, the thing is, is it's the type of action film that they're creating. You know what I mean? Like, it's very specific. It's that old school style, like. Like where you're running all the time, like Tom Cruise. You're just running. Yeah, everywhere. like, look at what Bruce Willis has been in for the past, like, 10 um, years. He's, he's sick now. R.I.P. Bruce. Like, he's, he's sick. Just like he's dying. <laughs> I know, but like, but like, you know what I mean? Like, it's been, you know, it's, it's the same movie like over and over again. It's the same style. It's like they're yeah. not moving out of what action was like 10, 15, 20, 30 years ago. Like, that I think what the thing is is when we see young action stars now, they're doing a different type of action film. It's usually kind of crossed between something else. It's a lot of action comedy. It's a lot of I like, I'm thinking like Deadpool, even though like Ryan Reynolds, like, yeah, he's younger, but like, he's still. He's like know? late thirties, like yeah, like he's got to be forty. Is he early forties? He's got to be. No, he is. He uh, he's got to be. Because he was. In I'm his, gonna look this up while we're talking. You're right, because he's in his twenties and Vin Wilder, and I yeah, was I was gonna say he's been around for a hot minute. Like, come on, he was in waiting. And but was, like, you think about, but like action, like I think, like like the Ryan, like I said, Ryan Reynolds, like Ryan Gosling, Chris Evans, like how old is Ryan Reynolds? Give me a number. Um, I don't know, like thirty eight. Ryan Reynolds is 46 years old. That's wild. That is insane. That man is almost 50. (laughs) That's what I'm saying, though. Like, like these are action stars. Like, you know, like, you will go back to the 80s, like, the same guys who are action stars, like, stars then are action stars now, and they were in their 20s back then. Well, I think, too, like, think about, like, Marvel action stars. Like, they're, like, 30s and 40s, so we still have, like... They're still good. I mean, because even Some like, over 50, go, I know. Go back to like even, you know what? Like, let's go back. Iron Man, right? Like even uh, Robert Downey Jr. is how old? Well, he was always supposed to be older in that film because yeah, Tony Stark right. is older. Yeah. But like, you know what I mean? Like, I I don't think it's like totally unheard of. But yeah, these like old men that it, just won't leave well, it alone. Yeah. I was like, it, there's That's why the Expendables on, exist. There's something going on in Hollywood right now where it's it, it feels like Congress where like you have this aging like, population oh. <laughs> that are still and it's not like like look I don't it's I, like it's bad I, I don't subscribe to the fact that you have to play your role like in Hollywood but like no. at the same time I don't want to see Indiana Jones I don't care about this new movie I don't want to see an 80 year old man like with a bullwhip fucking running around killing Nazis like it doesn't make any fucking sense like especially like, in the era that it's supposed to be in and also man. how is his daughter Phoebe Waller-Bridge I don't know I'm so well, who's letting this old man run around in fucking temples like like stop like like sit at home like you know he has You're, dementia you'd be in a wheelchair you'd snap your knee in the first two seconds like get out of here like, oh god uh, well is there, do you have a trash or a treasure that's coming out Jay that you're excited about well one that I'm uh, pretty stoked about that sounds really interesting is um, She Came to Me Ooh. this is coming out September 29th this is starring uh, Peter Dinklage um, we also have Hathaway right yes Anne and Hathaway, Hathaway. Marissa Tomei is in it um, I always I like something with Marissa Tomei in it like, I love her I think I, she's just good in everything I've never seen a film with Marissa Tomei and been like that That was terrible like she, yeah. always, she always brings it underrated she's always good yeah. she's very underrated um, but this one is like a drama it says follows a composer who suffers writer's block and rediscovers his passion after adventurous one night stand i assume this one's gonna be kind of a little definitely indie like this also was in the trailer for gran turismo and i this is the first time that i had seen it and i was like this is gonna be good because it it seems a little offbeat like so it doesn't seem like the whole thing's gonna be dramatic it seems like there's gonna be some a comedic beat throughout yeah yeah yeah. so just what i like peter dinklage looks Fantastic! Like, you know, just I, the <sighs> lines that he delivers in the trailer, if they're that good, I think we might be talking maybe some Golden Globe nomination kind of stuff. Probably. It might be that level. Honestly, dude, Peter Dinklage is so incredible, and I want to see more, like, little people being in roles that he's in. But I love the fact that, he like, in just, this movie, for example, like, yes, he is a little person, but the role is not a little person. That's like he most is of just his roles a person. Now. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's just a person. This is, like, I, he, I feel like he's one of the few people where something like this has paid off. Like, he, yes. throughout his career, talks about the fact that he has refused the traditional little yes. people roles in Hollywood. Like, yeah. he's like, I, I never did, you know, like an Oompa Loompa. I never did, you know, like a dwarf, like a dwarf thing. Yeah. I never did that. And that's not to say that those roles shouldn't also exist for little people. Like, that is. Most often where, like, you know, a lot of them get their work. It's yep. definitely not easy to break into Hollywood. But, but he didn't want to do that. Because yeah. I, I remember seeing him mm-hmm. pre-Game of Thrones. Not just an elf, but I think he was Oh, my in, like, God. He is. Uh, I remember from, um, oh, God, what was the Nip Tuck? Nip Tuck, yes. Uh, there was also in that, like, British um, film that was, like, 
death at a funeral or something like that. And yes. he was in that as well, which he was fantastic. God, he, in was that. he was the, he was the dad's lover. Do you remember yeah. that? Oh, amazing. Oh, I remember. Amazing. Yeah. Like so good. And that's because I remember because by the way, again, I, the first time I'd ever seen him and I think was nip talk and it's such a serious like role in a yes. serious show. And all of a sudden, like I, I see him in that and I was like, holy shit, holy this shit. guy this can guy? like do it all. And he was good. And that's why I remember seeing him in Game of Thrones. And I was like, this show is yes. so fucking good. And he was, yeah, he killed it. He absolutely fucking killed it. Now, Jade, you might hate me for this, mm-hmm. but I'm really excited about this film coming out. I think it's November, if I'm not mistaken. So it's going to be Oscar bait for sure. The new Ridley Scott, Walking Phoenix film, Napoleon. Coming out. It's, it's the epic film of, of course, the famous French general and dictator, Napoleon. I've, I've watched this trailer that came dropped in the last few weeks like five or six times. <laughs> I think it looks fucking great. And I mean, this reminds me, this, I think we're going back finally to gladiator style Ridley Scott. Oh, I think this is what we're finally getting here okay. because I think this is going to rival it. I mean, this is the shots that I've seen. The battle scenes look fucking insane. And I saw some uh, interviews with Walking Phoenix and I'm trying to remember his co-star in this film, uh, Vanessa Kirby. Playing okay. this, who plays uh, you know Josephine, and apparently they specifically went into this role, and they were like, "We don't want this to be every other period piece. We want this to come off kind of authentic and offbeat and something different." So they would do these apparently crazy takes. So they would do mm. on script, and then they try to do something a little off script, and they kind of try to leave some of the scenes open ended, where they just continue on in the scene to make you know, something else happen or see if something else kind of organic would come about. Okay. There's apparently a scene where <laughs> Vanessa Kirby, they they were having this argument and Walking Phoenix says, I want you to do this for real. Cause it says to like hit him. And she apparently slaps the shit out of oh Walking Phoenix in this. Scene. I would too. I'd be like, don't tell me to fucking hit you for yeah. real. Oh, Cause she, I would He was like fucking hit. And, and they did. He said, Walking Phoenix was talking very highly of this film. So I'm excited to see this. Okay. It could be terrible, though, but I think it's going to be good. <laughs> well, let's see. My next one up here. Now, I'm going to jump a little further into um, into time here oh. for an upcoming film. So this one is expected in May, um, May 24th of 2024. I feel like anything that far ahead at this point is in danger of being pushed. It's in post-production. Oh, that's good. Okay. So then they're not relying on actors right now. They're relying on editors. So we'll see. Um, But it says it follows a young girl who goes through a difficult experience and then begins to see everyone's imaginary friends who have been left behind as the real-life friends have grown up. Now, this stars an incredible cast. This is written and directed by John Krasinski, and it stars... Emily Blunt. You already got me. Yep. Matt Damon, Ryan Reynolds, Steve Carell, John Krasinski, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Aquafina, Sam Rockwell, Vince Vaughn, Christopher Maloney, Maya Rudolph, uh, Fiona Shaw. I mean, literally anyone and everyone is in this movie. So I expect good things. Like, I feel like this might be a new era of John Krasinski. I want him so badly to <laughs> fucking quit Jack Ryan because it is a terrible show. Oh my God. Thank you, Jade. And I feel just validated. just work on this. Because I feel like I live in crazy town sometimes. Like I've had people come up to me and ask me if I've watched Jack Ryan, <sighs> why I'm not watching Jack Ryan. And tell me how good it is. I, no. I've never been so bored watching a spy thriller before. Never been so bored. Nothing fucking happens. I Nothing swear to ha- God. It, it's like Seinfeld, but it's not funny. It, yeah. Like, no, it's the worst. It, it, I don't want to watch people surveil people and for like 14 hours. I feel like the real FBI is more exciting than this. Because, I mean, I like, what are they trying? I don't want realistic, not FBI, <sighs> but I don't want but, realistic spy shit. I understand that they surveil people. That, and that's there's what they like do. paperwork but and all I don't this want nonsense. That. No. I want fucking James Bond or fucking something. You know what I want? I want fucking alias level. I want yeah. Jennifer Gardner trying to live a secret life, Absolutely. taking on missions in a red fucking wig. I want John fucking Wick. Like, I want... Thank you. Yes. Yep. That's what I want my spies to be. I don't... I don't want this bullshit. No. No. Mm. <sighs> What's to talk about? Mm. Can we just unanimously agree on the film coming out in, in November, uh, I believe? Wonka? It's gonna be terrible. Right? <sighs> it, Timothy Chalamet? Yeah. Olivia Coleman. It... It's going to be terrible, right? Yeah. I mean, there might be some, like, 
redeeming qualities to it. Like these are obviously great actors. Um, but I think the problem is, is each time they make a new iteration of Willy Wonka, they keep straying so fucking far away from the original source material. And you start losing those charming things that made it what it is. Not only that, but like the original story by Roald Dahl is supposed to be a little dark. It's supposed to be a I little bit. Roald Dahl, if you've ever read him, is creepy as fuck. Like when you read his shit, you're like, oh my God, this is well, a little dark. Yeah, he's like, it's like their kid stuff, but he doesn't shy away from like the realities of certain things. And like in the original story, really Wonka, like I'm pretty sure like you 100% know those children fucking die. Oh yeah, um, they're dead. Yeah, like, and that's and that's kind of the point. And like, that's why I loved the original with, um, uh, oh my god, why why am I losing his oh, name? Oh, uh, Gene Wilder. Gene Wilder. Yeah, there you go. Holy shit, love that movie. Yes, the original because they had those dark moments. Like everyone still talks about the boat scene, and there's a reason for that because <laughs> there's no earthly way of knowing. <laughs> be- because that is how the it's written. And listen, not every Willow Wonka has to be like it, that, but but ugh. it's also what Gene Wilder brought to that role. Like oh, a hundred percent crafted that role with the director to make it what it is. I mean. The famous scene where he walks with the cane and then does the somersault, that was all Gene Wilder. Yeah. He's like, I want to do this so the audience never trusts me again throughout the entire film. Exactly. Also, the boat ride scene, as far as I know, in an interview that I saw with Gene Wilder, they didn't brief the other actors on exactly what was going to happen in the the boat ride. They were just like, this is kind of loosely, you're going to go on this boat ride with... And Gene Wilder ad-libbed like almost all of it. Almost all of yeah. that shit. And I, like the song, the fucking the sh- the screaming shit that he does, like all of it. And those so kids funny. those kids were fucking they were terrified. Out. They were terrified. As the the adults were fucking terrified. I would too. I'd be like, I think he's going to murder Dude, me. Your father started screaming at you. Like, remember that scene where he's just like, Yeah, I was like, ah! I, can't even, I don't nope. remember what he says. I just remember how intense it is. Yeah. Oh, God. Ah, insane. Um, well, you know, I'll throw out a trash here. Um, I'm sorry, but I just do not have high hopes for this film that's coming out November 17th, Hunger Games, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. This is a prequel film based on the prequel book. And I was actually really excited when I first heard that they were turning this into a film because I love the Hunger Games film series. I love the Hunger Games books. Um, but I think their first mistake was the cast. I think you guys all know my distaste for Rachel Ziegler. Peter, but Peter Dinklage is in this, though. We do get Peter Dinklage. Yeah, I mean, there's some good and actors. Jason Schwartzman. Yeah. yeah. No, for sure. But I yeah, think Raisin, we, yeah, yeah. But these you. are who your leads are, yeah. right, in the film. And then we kind of get a little bit of a no-name who plays Snow, who's a pivotal fucking character. Because I don't even... Oh, Tom Blythe? Yeah, who is... I was going to ask you. I yes. thought... Has he been in things? He looks like a CW star. Uh, He's probably been in a few, like, British things, to be honest. Okay. He, has, he looks like he's British. I don't know. I actually haven't looked up his credentials. Tom Blythe. But... Mm-hmm. This is the thing is you're hinging this massive... I Look, and I get it. Like, Jennifer Lawrence wasn't a household name really before she started. But, but to but, be fair, she did Winter's Bone. Which she did Winter's Bone. I remember awesome. watching Thank Winter's you. Bone the year it came I out. And I rented that on Redbox when it came away. out. Oh, I think I did too. Yes, and crazy. I that's what I, and I was like, this girl's a fucking I was blown incredible. away. I, I, thought, I, I thought she was already a known did actress. Did she do X-Men before Hunger Games? I think she I think did. She did. Yeah, she was. But mystique. she was a small role. Well, mystique. No, she was yeah. mystique. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I think she had a little bit of credibility to her, right? And like, don't get me wrong. I get it. Rachel Ziegler was in fucking West Side Story. It was a, you know, I think she like won a Golden Globe. Um, you know, it was an Oscar nominated film. Obviously, she's in Snow White now. But I just don't think she can carry this film. And I definitely don't think this Thomas Blythe person. It can't either. He was in two, eight episodes of a TV series called Billy the Kid. He was in an episode of The Gilded Age and... Yeah. Yeah, a bunch of shorts. Oh, he was a feral child in Robin Hood with Russell yeah. Crowe. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I wasn't Jennifer Lawrence already nominated for an Oscar for Winter's Bone when she got Hunger Games? I don't know. Oh, yeah. I think she was. Because I, I know, I'm pretty sure either Winter's Bone or she got nominated for an award for that. Because that was an amazing movie. If you haven't seen Winter's Bone by Jennifer Lawrence... You need to go back and watch it. That movie's fucking insane. Incredible. But yeah, no. So I don't know. I just, to me, this just does not look like it's going to hold up. Movie review. First look. With that, should we uh, take a look at our movie this week, which is Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. (laughs) I want to let you go first on this, Jane. What thoughts on this movie? Because I know this is a rewatch for you. 
Yes. So I watched this when it originally came out in 2012. Wild. <laughs> so I will say upon rewatch, it is very... 2012 um and if you know you know it's it's time (laughs) it's very of its time it's very like the stylization of it i think is just what was popular at the time plus it does not help that this was also made for 3d do you remember that was a thing yes god it was a thing like for a while for a while why did we allow that to was that during the era of jaws 3d no that was earlier no, when I'm trying to think. Jaws was never in 3D. I think you're thinking back no, to the future. No, there is a Jaws 3D. There is there's a literal Jaws that was made later on that's just Jaws 3D. God, what are we doing? Yeah. That's what um, I'm like, I think that was earlier. I think that was like in the 90s or something. But Yeah, no. Yeah. It's it's literally like it's so weird because then when you rewatch it, obviously not in 3D, the scenes are so fucking bizarre with the stuff coming at the screen. Like it just feels it, off. That actually makes sense. I, I'm not going to give a lot away here. I, Jade, I think this was <laughs> just okay. And there's some stuff like I loved about it and some mm-hmm. stuff where I was just like, what? Yeah. Why the fuck are we doing this? Yeah. What? You know you know what bothered me in this movie? Hmm. Just the entire plot. I, I didn't. <laughs> And you know what? It's not that the plot bothered me. It's that I didn't care. I didn't care about any of it. I just wanted Hmm. Abraham Lincoln to kill vampires. That's all I wanted to see. And I feel like I didn't get enough of it. That was my problem. Interesting. Yeah. I think we'll pick more apart during our uh, Trash and Treasure. We will. We'll talk more about this uh, right after the break. We're going to review our movie this week, which is Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. Feature presentation. History prefers legends to men. It prefers nobility to brutality. Soaring speeches to quiet deeds. History remembers the battle, but forgets the blood. However, history remembers me. Before I was a president, it shall only remember fraction of the truth our movie this week is abraham lincoln vampire hunter it's streaming now on hulu if you want to watch it uh, again maybe you will maybe you won't after we're done uh, reviewing it here but uh this movie <laughs> is directed by i'm not i'm going to butcher this name timur bekmabetov i think it's timur bekmabetov there we go uh but he also directed which these i didn't realize uh, two movies that I actually really like, Night Watch and Day Watch, which mm-hmm. are, uh, Day Watch is a sequel, but these are these, they're like Russian vampire movies. Yeah. Day Wa- I would say Night Watch especially is worth the watch if you can find it somewhere. I feel like Night Watch is one that I like stumbled upon in the early Redbox days. That like, makes sense. You know, yeah, they that, should put like weird shit on Redbox. This, Red I, Box. I actually think, because this was 2004, I think mm-hmm. I actually rented that from a video store. Oh, yeah. Maybe not Redbox, but yeah. I know I rented it. I think I actually, because I found it, because it was, because I, I, I was in film, like around our college town, they always had a like cool little indie section, you know, mm-hmm. when movies yeah. used to have that, movie stores used to have that, and they had Nightwatch there one time, and we got it, and it was fantastic. Actually, I think they screened this in my, uh, the student theater one oh, time wow. yeah so it was it was pretty solid but we also have uh starring in this film anthony mackie mm-hmm. we have rufus sewell we have dominic cooper and then benjamin walker and of course we have mary elizabeth winstead and for those who don't know who that is mm-hmm. the, uh, you probably re- re- recognize her as ramona flowers in scott pilgrim versus the world listen i recognize her the most from sky high okay let's be real uh i you know what? I can see that. I can see that. Well, Jade, for those who maybe have never heard of this or skipped over this movie in 2012 when it came out, uh, what is this movie about? It's about Abraham Lincoln, the 16th president of the United States, who discovers that vampires are planning to take over the U.S., and he makes it his mission to eliminate them all. That's it. That's the movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, and basically. Yeah. Well, Jade, I'm going to let you start. Let's just dive right in. What was trash about this film? So, ah, God. Like I said, it's of its time. So I think it suffers from the stylization of it. This was very much like in the vein of kind of like, it reminded me of like a 300 where it's like that slow motion into quick speed action, uh, which like 
I think can be done very, very well and be very, very cool. But then what happens is, is like, <laughs> it seems like Abraham Lincoln is super powered a little bit. Thank um, you, Jade. I, so I actually rewound at one point because I thought I had missed a part where his, well, mentor, who mm-hmm. is, uh, what is his name? Not Adam. It's, uh, it's Henry Sturgis, played by Dominic Cooper. Yes, Henry yeah. Sturgis. I thought he had like imbued upon him some kind of you know fancy vampire thing no but no he just like worked out a couple times by swinging an axe and all of a sudden he's like able to run at the same pace as a galloping horse and i'm like (laughs) oh my god josh i'm so okay that i'm not crazy let's just talk about that horse scene Uh, wild that i was watching that and i was like i do not remember this scene at Abraham Lincoln oh, literally jumps on the he, back of a galloping horse. Josh, that was a stampede, first of all, of yes. like 50 fucking horses. Wild horses. Which, no, right. I'm sorry. Like that and he doesn't get trampled. That amount of horses, first of all, I don't think would ever exist. They don't run in like giant packs like that. Um, it was a lot of horses. It, it was, was a lot. It was. A, they it was felt never unreal. fucking ending. It wasn't like you know how you see them in uh, what there's like a famous island in the Carolinas. Sable Island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like you know you might see like. Yeah, it doesn't. Like, running Yeah, together. like, at this, most. This was like watching the scene from The Lion King, where all those... The like, giant stampede of the wildebeest. It was that many It horses. was nuts. And then, like, they're, like, running through them. I'm like, there's no way to get fucking trampled. And then for him to just grab onto a horse oh. to get on with no saddle, nothing, He's running at full still. fucking speed. He's just like, no, I'm I'm good here. Like He yeah. dodges him, but no, he remember he like, literally gets on a horse as uh, it's running? Well, and then the vampire throws a horse at him. Yeah. You, you remember that one? <laughs> Josh, it was so insane and i was like i like must have blocked this out of my memory because i remember like like before we went into this film i was like oh this is like a pretty good movie and i was like what the fuck is this you know my biggest critique about this movie jade what Hmm. what i think is trash i kind of said this before but i i literally wrote what i have three notes for trash and one of them was the entire story seems like filler to get to the action scenes like it is i didn't care for once about the story like look if this movie is obviously made for americans we all know who abraham lincoln is we know the bullet points we know that he was president during the civil war we know that he did the emancipation proclamation we probably know at least a few lines of the gettysburg address yes and then he died in a movie theater (laughs) not a movie theater a a, a theater in a theater yeah he was assassinated yeah we know it i don't need to be told that again and you know why I'm watching this movie, Jade? Because I want to see a historical figure like Abraham Lincoln kill vampires. Yes. That's all I want to see. Yeah. I don't care about... He did, like, and you like, know what, too, is it got convoluted because in the you. very beginning, Harry they're Tubman like... Harry shows up. And you're like, <laughs> what is happening? Okay, so listen, I will say, actually, the film version is still better than what I would say the book version is. Oh, because God. in the book version, they have like eight other like historical figures that are involved no. and apparently Edgar Allan Poe is a huge no. character in the books what? and I feel like this was their does he come over from England to help out for the, the Civil War like, what Edgar Allan Poe lived in Boston that's right he lived in Boston the fuck are you talking yeah, about I don't, I don't know. no but I think this was like a compromise since like he couldn't have all the same characters in there they were like well let's just throw in Harriet Tubman it's fucking weird but basically though they at the beginning they gave us this plot where it's like Abraham Lincoln's mother was killed by a vampire and his name's like Jack Bart or whatever and so basically Henry Sturgis finds him and he's like oh like I'm going to help you train to become a vampire hunter so you can kill Jack Bart so you think the way they set it up you're like Okay, so we're going to spend the fi- spend the rest of the film, him killing all these fucking vampires, getting into all these battles, and in the end, he's finally going to kill Jack Bart. Yep. No. Like, half of the movie, he gets to kill Jack Bart. So you're like, okay, great. But then Jack Bart has his older brother, Adam, who's actually, like, the leader of the vampires. And they allude that he's, like, the original vampire. So instead, you have to fucking watch Abraham Lincoln become president by the way this is from him where he's starting out in his like early 20s he's in like law school and then by the time he's president he's like 50 fucking years old so they go through the length of his career and i'm like wait jade real quick the makeup job they do on him oh it's outrageous okay so guys when he becomes president benjamin walker is a very very attractive man and they decided that the younger version of him only had abraham lincoln's nose so then 
what happens is as he ages, he gets like the Abraham Lincoln face. He's got the giant ears, the like like cleft chin and like like the big jowls. And I'm like, and I'm sideburn s- neck beard. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I'm sorry, but how does someone like Benjamin Walker age to look like fucking age? But meanwhile, his friends like Jimmy Simpson's character, Joshua Speed yeah. and Anthony Mackie's Getting character, Will it. Johnson. Barely an aging. They're like, nope. let me just spritz some gray in their yep. hair. And I'm like, mm. meanwhile, fucking Abraham Lincoln looking haggard as fuck. Yes. And I'm like, is this what vampire hunting does to you? Or like, maybe. But like, that's the thing. So I'm like, we, I didn't want to wait for him to be fucking president to get to that. Also, I didn't need to watch the all time that. jumps are wild because they don't really tell you. They're, you all no, of a sudden you're, you're just, just like, assume. like, I remember him seeing him and I'm like, wait, what, why does he look different in the scene? Yeah. Oh, because apparently we've made a time jump of fucking like, I don't know, 15 years? Yes. Throw in a number. I don't know. Yeah, like, like no no time. So it's like very bizarre for me. I'm like, okay, so now his mission is to what, kill Adam? Because he spent the past 30 fucking years doing fuck all, becoming president. And then this entire time, Adam basically has grown to power and he is now converting all of the fucking southern army people into vampires like very odd it was yeah i think it was just bizarre also jade why is everything in sepia like i mean (laughs) let me let me describe this for you so like it's not even you you kind of you know touch on the fact that maybe they took some stylistic from 300 which doesn't really do sepia but they 300 a little more gray but they do that like very specifically for like this comic book like everything's very i feel like yeah because it's uh, frank miller the lines are very defined so like it's a very stylistic it's look. highly contrasted you can see like the fucking pores on these people exactly face. yeah but for some reason i would say a good 90 percent of this movie is sepia toned and for those that don't know you know in film in, in hollywood mm-hmm. you know usually your blues are reserved for like if you do everything in like a blue tone unless you're mm-hmm. fucking twilight you, it's <laughs> usually like if you're in paris or if you're in europe like you see these very kind of like blue tones and that kind of signals yes. like oh i'm here and then usually when you're doing more sepia that's usually oh i'm either in the desert yeah. in the middle east or i'm in mexico or something oh my like god that. no they use those yellow and orange tones yes. for that like typically sepia- you watch narcos yeah. It's the same color palette. So the whole Which, pa- by the way, is inherently racist. It's a little racist. But I mean, you, you get what I mean. That's the stylistic thing yeah. they did. And But I'm like, this is a historical <laughs> drama. Josh, and why are we doing sepia the whole I time? I feel like they thought that was a good choice. Because, you know, sepia and photographs are often used to create that, like, old school style, like, aged photograph. And I feel like they thought that that would help you believe that this was like... And then at the end, they like, do full color. And I'm like, what is happening right now? It's weird. Well, and also too, like, I, I also think, again, it's a product of its time. Like, 2012, you have to think, like, Twilight only came out maybe a year or two earlier. And again, Twilight was completely fucking blue. It like, blue. you want to talk about it blue so filter? Blue. It's fucking blue, dude. Yes. So I just feel like, again, it was like... I think it was something that, like, people in Hollywood were trying, like, experimenting with a little bit. And I think it was a choice that was made. But um, one last thing, Jade. Yeah. It dragged. In the parts where there wasn't action, this movie dragged. Yeah. It got a little, especially when they kept talking about, like, the politics of things. I was like, we know. I, they, they're re, they're everyone, trying to reinvent politics to fit the story. And I'm like, I yeah. don't so care. I think something that bothered me, too, care. is I'm like, like, they have, like, the character of Will, played by Anthony Mackie. That's, like, his childhood best friend, which I'm like, yes, that's great. I'm glad we're getting, like, more black people and, like, kind of larger roles in the film, the context of the film, because obviously during this time, black people are slaves. But um, it also just, like, made no sense because I was like, that's, I'm sorry, but, you know, unfortunately, like, they're basically trying to paint it out to be that, like, Lincoln was this over the top like very much like oh like this is impossible like i'm the i'm the great emancipator like i I don't completely believe in all that and i'm like look yeah it's great he emancipated the slaves but like like, let's not pretend like lincoln was you know the purest soul and he believed didn't besperch one of the greatest presidents in american history look he did something (laughs) look he did his job he did great like you know appreciate it but also like you know, they're like making out to be this just like, I don't know, like no, altruistic character. They're, they're rewriting history for no reason. Yes. Like, it, it, it didn't make any sense. Like, and, and the thing is, is it could have worked in the context had they not tried to make everything else match. You know, you know what they should have done? They didn't do what 
Sharknado did. Yes. They didn't lean in. Lean in. Lean 100%. in. A hundred percent. Had this who you been are. a comedy, this would have worked a thousand times better. And you know what? I'm going to compare it to it's kind of similar film that came out several years later called Pride, Prejudice, and Zombies with Lily Collins. And that one was actually filmed as a comedy. And I think it's leagues above and where this should have been. And you know what else, too? You know what I think contributes to it, Josh? Is the writer, Seth Graham Smith, who wrote the screenplay, also wrote the book that this is Uh, based off of. So he was taking this too seriously. Yeah, and I think that's the problem. I think he wanted he probably wanted exactly the book the studio probably said no to a lot of it so it did get rewritten a lot but i think the problem is is he took himself too seriously and the character of lincoln too seriously Mm. and had they just made this like if if you got just a few quippy lines a few like little funny moments like some physical comedy like i think this could have worked really well you know you know what brought this movie up Hmm. if it was a musical do no yeah no come on no i could no. I could totally see this movie being rewritten as a musical. I 5, would fucking hate it I, if it was a musical. I think it's going to be great. That would have been a dumpster fire for me. <laughs> Jane, let's, let's switch gears. What was treasure about this film? Um, you know, I think some of the good things is, um, even though I said like some of the action parts were a little bit weird with the camera work, again, because this was filmed for 3D, um, but overall, like the action was still good. Like I think the fighting scenes were actually like well choreographed, like the way he wilts his axe and stuff, I think is like fun. And I do think there's some really cool like lore with these vampires. Like they're daywalkers, but they wear these like sunglasses, they can turn invisible, they have these creepy faces when they like become vampiric and stuff like that. And I, I think those are really cool stylistic choices that actually worked in their favor. No, I, I have to agree. I think the action uh, scenes are mm-hmm. the, easily the best part of this entire movie. I yeah. mean, especially with, I mean, Abraham Lincoln wielding a silver axe, fucking yeah. chopping down this vampires. Cool. There's yeah. some great fucking scenes where he's just chopping off limbs and heads and like yeah. taking on 15 vampires at a time. Like, yeah. He's and a they don't back away from gore in this no. film. Oh, at all. no. Which so it's very bloody. Also makes it great. I mean, that's obviously where they blew. 85% of the budget yeah. was yeah. on these action scenes because we're talking 2012. I'm sure it was, they needed about 75 computers running 24 hours a day to render some of these graphics out. Oh my God. Yeah. Cause there's a lot of CGI. I will yeah. say it's a little rough for 2012, but overall, like still, I think there's fun. And I think those action scenes being fun is where they could have, again, like they should have just leaned into that. And honestly, too, this movie did need to be two fucking hours. Like, it could have easily been an hour and a half. They could have cut out half the story. They could have shaved out, like, 20 minutes. They could have cut entire characters, and it wouldn't matter. Honestly, like I said, I believe, okay, I think what should have made this film great is we should have never seen him become president, because guess what? We all know that's what happens. They take it all the way up to the theater, which does, I don't, we know We don't fucking care. Yeah. So... Cut out the whole thing of him being president. Let's make it young. A Blinken. He's kind of hot. He should have been president at the end. That's yes, it should, it, should been, been, it should have been. He defeated them. Cut to. He's president. He's president. Yep. And he's defeated all the fucking vampires. Or like I don't know, whatever. Like maybe he's passing the torch or something as he's president. Or maybe he like actually. What would have been more clever is if he like wrote this journal like I handed down to every single president after him, and all the presidents are vampire hunters. Oh. I'd be, I could be into that. Thank you. I, I know. That. All right, listen, we're rewriting the movie. And and I don't mind the the first kind of plot of him taking revenge. Had that been the whole plot instead of these Confederate vampire army? Yeah. Had it just been like, hey, this vampire killed my mom and now I want revenge on him? Like that could have been the whole like plot in the beginning. Make it a comedy, you know, tie in that action and then just keep it for like his youth. Great. They, they, Done. They, they need to be a little more evil dead with this. A little, I, I think that's what they yes, need to do. They need yeah. to have more fun with it. Yeah. I yeah. Agree. Well, Jade, who had the best performance in this film? Oh, God. This was a little bit rough. Um, it was. The acting was mid. <laughs> nobody was really, like, pulling it all out for this. I think the closest for me would be Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Mary Todd Lincoln. I, I also wrote that. Yeah. You know, yeah. Why, why did you think she had the best performance? For me, I just felt like she... She brought something more to the character. I feel like anytime I see depictions of Mary Todd, she's either like basically a wall hanging, like she's yeah. just there. Thank you. Or in the case of, and I know you had brought this up earlier. Um, we Sally Fields. S- Sally Fields. Like the hysterical, like weeping, I don't know, like wife. It's just weird. So like, I feel like she actually brought something interesting to Mary Todd. Like the fact that she wanted someone who could give her 
like adventures and like I believed her love for him I believed in her um you know like the fact that she knew something that he was hiding something like there's like little facial moments where she was like I don't think he's quite telling me the truth but I'm going to kind of move past it. I think she did a great retelling of a historical character. Like, yeah. we know that wasn't the how actual Mary Todd was in real life. But I don't care because it fits the context of this movie. And I think she's the only one that did that. You know, and maybe it was the only one given the freedom to do that in her yeah, character. Yeah, possibly. I mean, and one of my favorite scenes from her, funny enough, because some might say she's hysterical, is actually when she's losing her son and she finds out that it's he was like bitten or attacked or whatever by a vampire and it's because it was revenge on Abraham so she's like pissed and she's like you did this like you did this and yeah. she's like pounding his chest and I was like oh yeah there we go yeah, yeah. acting <laughs> <laughs> uh, this might be a first but I don't have any quotes from this movie oh like, my god is this movie even quotable no I and it was funny so it's like as I was watching it I didn't end up writing down any quotes because I didn't think anything was interesting enough so then later I like went to go look up quotes for the movie first of all there's like barely any even online I'm looking at IMDb right now there's like what, literally four? the first one is just the first the lines from the Gettysburg Address oh god yeah, government of the people by the people for the people no, that like, is just we, the Gettysburg yeah. Address that's not that's not no, a quote. No, and, yeah, exactly. And then when I looked at the quotes that did exist, I was like, again, not interesting enough. And this is what they were missing. I want some quips. I want some wit. The third quote listed in IMDb is from Johnny Cash, one of his songs. That's in the movie. That, I, that's not that's a quote. how unquotable this fucking oh movie God. is. Oh, my God. Yeah. I know. And it, it's kind of sad because it's like we, almost, we always have quotes. But I... Every, first of all, and then you know what that's the other problem is I think they kept pulling too much from actual historical quotes. Yeah. That's another problem. And also just, like I said, I, I'm going to compare this to something real quick. This would be like if you were watching a porn, Jade, and the entire movie was story, and you got like five or six minutes of actual pornography. Yeah. Like, I, I wanted this I'm to be satisfying. produced more. I, I, I would have been fine, Jade, if they had introduced the movie. Told, set it up for us had a whole bunch of killing and then at the end they just kind of wrapped it up like that would have been perfect for me that would have been the that's what I wanted movie. I yeah. just wanted him like I wanted to be almost like Blade just like a non-stop yeah. like kill fest yeah exactly yeah well Jade now upon rewatch <laughs> where do you rate this film um, I think I can comfortably say this isn't trash for me like it's not as bad to say as a dumpster fire at all like I think there's it's still enjoyable Overall, even though I said it's a trash, I think you could easily just. You could probably fast forward through parts of this movie and you wouldn't even, you wouldn't miss anything. Yeah, this is kind of like a, I'm watching TikTok and this at the same time type Ab- of film. Absolutely. This yeah. also, because you know what? It's not malignant. So it's not a dumpster <laughs> fire. That's our it, like litmus test for like yeah. everything is like, we just, is it malignant? Is it malignant? Yeah. No. That, that almost, malignant deserves its own category. Like yeah. it, it, it's somewhere. But you know what, Josh? The more and more I think about malignant, the more I'm like, I don't know. Was is it a bad movie? Do we need it, to rewatch? Is it kind somewhere? of a cult film now? Like, is it just, is it so bad it's it, it's good? I think it's a cult film because other filmmakers watched it and saw how bad it was. <laughs> I think that's why. But Jade, I also put this movie out of trash. If you want to watch it, it's for free. It's on, well, free. If you have Hulu. If you have Hulu. So you can check it out on Hulu. We just reviewed Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. This war ends tonight. Only the living can kill the dead. And once again, our movie this week was Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. You can watch it now on Hulu if you have that for free. Uh, Jade, you're going to hate this, but I still have, uh, I'm too cheap. I pay uh, just for the commercials. There's like ads in the middle. Like, and and you know what they've done now? They used to go like 30, 45 seconds. They're like two minute ads now. Ugh. Two minutes. It's too much. No. It's too much. Especially no. now that I'm paying, still paying like, was it was it like thirteen dollars a month, fourteen dollars a month for fucking? Hulu? That's what you pay for ads. Yeah. Oh my god, I pay like seventeen without ads. That's at what this, I'm saying. At it's this got, point, just pay. It used to be like nine dollars a month or something like. Yeah, that. Yeah. No. At this point, just pay without ads because yeah, that's like kind of ridiculous. Yeah. It's it's a lot. Yeah. But uh, speaking of Hulu, <laughs> Hulu? Uh, you know what I just watched recently <gasps> that was. I have mixed feelings. Oh, okay. On this new season, oh. Solar Opposites just dropped. I was just gonna say the same thing. Okay. Well, Jade, I need to know your thoughts on this as well because obviously, as we know, 
Justin Roiland uh, both uh, was fired essentially from mm-hmm. both of his shows, uh, which he's the writer, I think creator or co-creator, yeah, as well as several of the voices on both Solar Opposites and Rick and Morty, yeah. So I really like the approach that Solar Opposites took in this. So Same. They knew that Corvo, the one of the main characters, mm-hmm. was going to have a different voice. So as Solar Opposites is kind of this wonky show, they created a laser that, you know, like they do for everything. Because, or, because they have rays. They have ray. all these sorry, weird ray, yes. ray guns that do all these like random things that they just happen to need in the moment. So in episode one, they have a voice changer that accidentally goes off and hits Corvo and he has a new voice now. Yep. And instead of changing it back, they go, I kind of like it. We're just going to keep it just the way it, it is. Especially yeah. Terry, because, you know, like Terry and Corvo are like kind of lovers. So Terry's like, hold on. Yeah. I kind of like it. So he gets this blatantly British voice that's completely different. <laughs> yes. And they explain it away and go, oh, in flashbacks, I'm also going to have this voice. So just deal with it. Yeah, he, and, he basically says because of these like Ray things, yeah. whatever, like kind of just made up. He's like, it's sci-fi shit. It's sci-fi shit. Just enjoy. <laughs> yeah. And I love that. But yeah. I don't know, this season, not, not all of it. Some parts I really enjoyed, but I mean, it didn't feel the same. Like, and no. I think it's the writing. It is. I think so, too. I think it felt a little off. Like, they didn't take it to the next level that I think Justin Roiland typically does in his scripts. Like, I think he is kind of the arbiter of, like, creating these, like, off-the-wall, like, pushing it kind of to the limit where you're like, how much can we actually get away with yeah. on this show? And I think it was too mild. For me, actually. I agree. Because, yeah. I mean, especially when you look at a show like Rick and Morty, that show has become so meta. I mean, to the point oh, where it yeah. makes fun of itself, yet still remains relevant. Like, I remember the last season, I was like, yes. where are they going to go this season? And they draw in all of the shit from previous seasons. From like almost but, every single season. they, they almost still kept of, it fresh and new. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, and then it was Solar Opposites. They kind of acknowledge like a few things here and there, but not much. Like I felt like the most interesting um, parts of this season for me were actually the side stories. It was the episodes with the wall, the wall. and knew, then episodes with Silver Cop. I was like, this is the best part of the, the show. The wall episodes, they have like at least three of them this season, right? I think there's like one full wall episode yes. and then like two or two partial. three like partial. They're so good though. I'm, I mean, I, I could watch an entire series on the wall. Yes, I've been obsessed since they first introduced that whole concept and I was like, this is amazing. I love this. And like, I just want to keep going. You know what's funny about the Silver Cop thing? I had totally forgotten about that storyline. And for the first episode... I'm so glad they had a flashback later on because I was watching this guy in the jungle going, who the fuck is this? Why don't I remember him? And why is he rolling around? I thought it was a new storyline until I was like, oh, wait, it's a silver cop guy. My favorite part is that he's like obsessed with Fast and the Furious. And he's talking about like family. He's like, me familia. He's like, like, guy, it wasn't about the cars. It was about family. (laughs) And Vin Diesel's like his spirit animal in one of the things. No, it is a car. When when he becomes part of the holograms, his like hologram is is a car. And... Dude, it's so fucking good. Like that, the, I remember the whole Silver Cop storyline, the original one was hilarious, but then this one was like even fucking better. Like I, it was so good. And I was like, yeah, the side stories being better than the main story. Like, it is, you're right. I think yeah. it's too safe. And it'll be interesting to see what happens with Rick and Morty because it sounds like from the rumors that I'm hearing in articles that I've read that they're not even going to change the voice. They're just going to essentially hire voice actors to play the part, you know? And it's Which I kind of get almost because I feel like Rick his voice is so like it's just so synonymous with his character. Like you know what I mean? Like that's in essence who he is. And I feel like people I think I'm more accepting of someone like Corvo's voice changing, but I almost feel like people would lose their fucking minds if Rick's voice changed. Yeah, and I get that. I, I just, I don't know. I just feel like it's going to be, I, I don't know. I don't know how It's going to feel off. It's going to feel off. Yeah, yeah, I think that's what I'm going for here. Yeah. But any good watches for you, Jade, aside from Solar Opposites? Yeah, so actually I uh, started this new Australian television show that is currently on Hulu. It's called Creamery. So it's actually in its second season right now. Um, so this stars um, a small cast that I'm not sure if anyone else recognizes any names, but I recognize one name, um, which is Jay Ryan. You guys might recognize him from uh, Mary Kills People or Beauty and the Beast. 
Um, it also stars Ali Zhu, JJ Fong, and Perlina Lau. Um, again, these are Australian actors. And essentially, it's kind of this like post-apocalyptic story where a viral plague has swept the earth and in a matter of weeks it eradicates 99% of men so the uh, remaining 1% were sent to the facility in New Zealand sorry this is not Australian it's New Zealand Um, but they didn't survive or did they so it's these three women who work on a dairy farm and they're part of this like kind of collective group government called wellness and basically their entire goal is to repopulate the earth and so they say that they do this by the remaining sperm at sperm banks right because how else do women produce yeah like and uh but what happens is the three women on the dairy farm end up finding this man a man who's alive and they're told by the way they're all told that all the men have died that there are no men exist anymore so now that he's alive they start to kind of question everything about what they've been told. So, and it's, it's a comedy. It's really funny. It does get dark, which I actually really enjoy. Um, but yeah, so far it's been really great. I think they're like, you know, 30 minute episodes, which with it being Hulu and uh, I think it's it airs on television over there. It's normally like 20 minutes, really. I'm going to check this out because you mentioned this a few weeks ago and yeah. we were talking and it like popped up on my list the other day and I was like, <laughs> I, I, I might have to check this out. So yeah, for sure. But Jane, you know what I'm most excited about hmm. is that we were going through our list of movies that we wanted to watch and <gasps> yes. one keeps coming up to the top because people are telling us how fucking good it is. What are we watching next week? Talk to me. So I am stoked to see this. I, I'm so excited. Like, one, it's A24. And y- we support yeah. A24 because, you know what? They're supporting actors and writers right now. They're yeah. the only ones that are able to really make uh, real films. Um, one of the few <laughs> companies because they're meeting the demands of the striking yes. actors and writers, keeping people employed. But I have heard bold, bold claims so about this horror movie some people said it's their favorite horror movie of all time yeah the, they've said hands down this is the best horror movie of the year yeah and i was like insane i'm i'm excited like i gotta i gotta know yeah i gotta know so we're gonna go check that out use our uh, movie pass points to uh watch that this week and uh jade where can folks find us between uh now and then you guys can follow us on our socials we are on tiktok twitter instagram and facebook as our taste is trash you can also find us on our website our taste is trash.com come back next week when we review our movie this week which is talk to me <laughs> come back next week <laughs> what is the movie this week sorry i got confused to get ourselves a treat